Okay. I'm so glad y'all are here. I wish more people were here. This is going to be good. I say that every week, don't I? Oh, well. Okay. So, last week um, we talked about praying for the lost, right? You guys remember you took some good notes, right? Everybody got a big, thick notebook tonight and a nice brand new pen that won't go out. And Okay, good, good, good. All right, so... I went home last week, and then I started thinking about, okay, this next Sunday, I mean next Wednesday, which is right now, about prayer. You guys know we talked about prayer. And so I sat down, and I was just thinking, what do I want to do ongoing about prayer? Because, you know, I mentioned to you guys, you want to hear some more about prayer? And everybody was like, yeah, all right. So I thought to myself, do I want to like skim the surface teaching on prayer? Like hit the highlights, you know, and and in the natural I was like, yeah, just give them the just give them the basics, just just uh that immediate satisfaction, you know, get it all in one big lump and you go home and you say I learned about prayer and then it poof, it's gone, you know, cuz there was no meat, right? And so the spiritual side of me was like, no, they need the meat of this teaching about prayer. Dig deep, you know, dive in. This is dive, right? Dive in. And so I just sat down and I started studying about, you know, what I wanted to share and uh, what I felt like the Lord was leading us to learn about prayer. And then the teacher side of me said, don't leave anything out. Don't leave anything out. And so I guess here we go. We're just going to get down, right down into it about prayer and this teaching on prayer, okay? And by the way, I am not an expert on prayer. I know a good bit, and I've studied, and I have a good handle on this, but I am going to be heavily leaning on good guidance from, um, you know, some some teaching books and some mentors and references, so I don't tell you anything wrong, okay? And so trust me when I say I am studying this out and presenting it to you, not just some whim, you know, or some some light skim-the-surface kind of teaching, okay? Matter of fact... You guys are going to get the same teaching that Tucker and Austin and Anna and Jessica and Lydia and who would I leave out? They all get, have been getting at Rhema. I'm going to bring you exactly the teaching that they give at Rhema on this subject. Probably not as well presented because, you know, they've got practice on me. But I just want you to know this is solid This is in-depth, it's going to be meaty, and it's going to take more than just tonight, okay? So, number one, promised you're coming back for the next at least week, two weeks, probably three weeks. We're going to dig into this, okay? And I hope you learned something. And um, I just want everybody to grab hold of this, because prayer, you've heard the phrase, prayer changes things, or prayer can change your life. But the truth is, is that 
proper prayer changes things. Proper prayer changes things. Proper prayer changes your life. And so, as we get started, understand this. There is absolutely a divine order to prayer that you, you must follow to see results. All right? And so, before we begin to dig into the how-to's, I want you to understand that there is a legal side to the Word of God. A legal side. And then there's a life side to the Word of God. And we don't want to get too legalistic, okay? But we can't ignore the legal side of the Word of God. If we do, we won't be able to enjoy the life side of the Word of God. Does that make sense? For example... How many of you have ever bought a new car or new to you car? You bought a car and you got in the car and you drove it and it was fun. You were excited about driving that new car, right? And that is the life side of owning a car, the fun part. But there's a legal side to owning a car, the car payment, the insurance, Okay, And if you don't take care of the legal side, you're not going to enjoy the life side. Right? Okay. Same thing with the Word of God. Same thing with prayer. Okay? To enjoy the life side of prayer, you have to understand and operate in the legal side of prayer. Okay? That's God's divine order of prayer. And a matter of fact, you as a believer, you can't be successful, period, in fulfilling God's purpose, the thing that he created you to do, if you don't know how to pray according to biblical principles. Just, you can't. Same as that car. You can't enjoy that car without the legal part done properly, okay? And so... That's what we're going to get into tonight, the very beginning part of prayer, big picture prayer, okay? All right, so we're going to start right here. I'm going to ask you a question. How would you like it if God answered every prayer every time that you prayed? That'd make you jump up and down, right? Every time you pray, God answered your prayer. He can. He will. It is possible. It is possible for you as a believer. And I'm going to share with you, I'm going to go through seven steps. So I know you like to take notes. And as a matter of fact, while I'm doing that, Pastor Allen, if you will make sure that everyone gets one of these little packets, they're crisscrossed right there. I even made you some questions. And as I'm talking tonight, I'm going to answer every single question on the list. There's two pieces of paper there. We're going to go through every one of these questions, but I'm not going to give you the answer, like, write this down. As I'm speaking, as I'm teaching, you're going to hear me give the answers to these questions. But I want you to think about what I'm saying and If you see the answer to one of those questions, write it down now or take it home and do it for homework, okay? 
But this will be a good reference. I'm going to do this every week. I'm going to bring you these questions so that you can put them in a prayer notebook. And then you'll know you're on the right track. Okay? So seven, seven steps to assure answers to your prayers every time. That sounds powerful, right? Okay. So if you're writing these down, and you should be, number one, the number one thing you do is decide what you want, be specific about it, and find God's promise about what you've decided. So decide what you want, be specific, and find God's promises. Okay, that's, that's one big step right there. In other words, decide specifically what you want from God and find the scripture or scriptures that definitely promise you those things. All right? Did you know some people ask Pastor Allen and I, Pastor, please pray for me. And we say, okay, what about? Oh, I don't know. I just know I need prayer. Really? Okay. When you pray, you need to know what you're praying for. Okay? I mean, how simple can it be? Know what you're praying about. Decide what you want. Be specific. Why do you need to know? Why do you need to know? So that you can receive an answer. If you don't know what you're praying for, how's God going to answer you? Okay? Be specific. When you ask, ask according to the promises of God and not the lust of your flesh. That's a big one right there. The Word of God is what keeps you on track. Find a scripture to back up your prayers. All right? Because when you pray God's word, you are really praying God's will, right? The only way you can really pray out God's word is to hide his word in your heart. You got to hide his word in your heart, okay? So many people pray and they don't see any answer to their prayer. And then they say, well... It must not be God's will for whatever. And there is a level of truth to that. Let me just say that. When someone says, I prayed and it must not be God's will, the level of truth right there is that if they're not praying God's word, then they're not praying God's will. Amen? If you can't find a scripture to back up what you're praying for, you shouldn't be praying the way you're praying. That's that. That's I'm, I'm only just getting y'all's face tonight. I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize ahead of time. Keep smiling at me. Okay, it's going to be okay. If you are praying and you can't find a scripture to back up what you're praying, you're not praying according to the word of God and the will of God. Wow. And remember this, the word is what? The sword of the spirit. The word is the sword of the spirit. 
It is your weapon against the enemy. And so when the devil shows up, tries to whisper in your ear about this thing that you've just very specifically asked about and asked for, and tries to whisper doubt and unbelief, you can just say, it is written. Because you're praying the word. And that means you're praying the will of God. Remember when Jesus was tempted in the desert for those 40 days? You remember that story? And the devil came around and tried to tempt him with, you know, turn these stones into bread and jump off of here and, you know, and all of this kingdom, all those temptations. Remember that? Did Jesus punch the devil in the face? No. Did he push him down or pull a gun on him? No. Did he whip him with a wet noodle? No. He, he didn't do anything to him, right? What did he do? He used the word. He said, it is written. Everybody say, it is written. It is written. It is written. The word is the way that you fight the good fight of faith. The word. All right. Number two. Keep going. Ask God for what you want and then believe. So number one was decide what you want to pray about. You hadn't prayed yet. Number one, you're deciding what you're going to pray about and you're finding a scripture that supports what you're getting ready to pray about. Okay? Number two, ask God what you want and then believe. Ask God for the thing that you want and believe that you receive it. Now, yes, the Lord knows what you need even before you ask Him. You know, God always knows what I need before I ask Him. But what did we learn last week? He wants you to ask. Remember that? To say that you're just going to leave it up to God and just see what happens and that you know His will will automatically come to pass, that is unscriptural. All right? Jesus Himself said that we need to ask God. It says in John 16, 23 and 24, I think we read it last week, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. All right? Now, for a lot of folks, it's one thing to ask, and it's a whole other thing to believe. Uh Uh-oh. To believe that you receive what you've asked for. A lot of people can ask. All right, it's a whole nother ball game to believe. All right, there's this thing called, I want you to write this down, sense, knowledge, truth. Sense, knowledge. Sense, like S-E-N-S-E. Sense, knowledge, truth. And this is when we base our belief of truth on the physical realm. The things that we can see and the things that we can feel. You know, I know that chair is real because I can see it and I can feel it. Okay? 
But then there's another thing called revelation truth. And that's basing your belief of truth on the spiritual realm or the things of God's spirit. The truths in the word. Okay? Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us all with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. This scripture actually means that everything we need has been provided to us by Jesus Christ. All right? You can't see or hear or feel or taste or touch those things, but they're there because God's word says they're there. That's revelation truth. That's revelation truth. Sometimes the physical realm, that's what we can see and feel, and the spiritual realm line up. Sometimes they line up. All right? But when sense knowledge contradicts revelation truth, that's when you've got to decide what you're going to believe and trust and what your truth is. When what you see and what you feel and what you can touch contradicts what you know in the Word that is what God said, when those two things don't line up, what you're going to believe, basically. What, what, what are you going to believe? Okay? So that's revelation truth. You have to walk by revelation truth. Walk by God's word. And so when you pray, believe that you receive what it is that you're praying for. That's Mark eleven twenty three. When you pray, believe. And it, it's beyond our natural thinking. It stretches our mind. Sometimes it blows our mind. Okay? And sometimes our mind can't grasp the fact that we're going to have to believe what that word says because we go, I don't know if I can believe that. If you don't know you can believe it, you don't believe it. All right? We had to walk by faith and not by sight. All right? So number two is ask and then believe. All right? So now you've, You've decided what you're going to pray about. All right? And you found a scripture that matches that. And now you've asked and you've said in your heart that you believe. Now what are you going to do with it? A lot of people walk away right there. They just say, I'm done. I prayed. I believe. Okay? And they walk away. And they're missing how many steps? Five more steps. Okay? Number three. Be positive in your thinking. Be positive in your thinking. That means let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you have asked for. Now I'm just going to hang out here for a minute. Because we're going to hang out right here on the be positive part. In your thinking. But we haven't got anywhere to your saying yet be positive in your thinking after you pray in faith according to the word of god never 
I said, never, say never. Never Never permit a mental picture of failure to remain in your mind. All right? You want to receive an answer to your prayer, right? Right? You do, yeah? Okay, once you've prayed and asked God for something, never doubt for one minute that you have the answer. Somebody come along, well, how's that doing? No. Never, ever doubt. If doubt persists in you, rebuke it. Get your mind on the answer. And you're saying, well, that sounds fancy. How do you do that? How do you get your mind on the answer? To get your mind on the answer, you got to get your mind on the Word. Why is it Pastor Allen's here every week saying, study your word, read your word, get the word in your heart, meditate on the word, all right? To get your mind on the answer, you got to get your mind on the word. The Bible says to resist the devil and he will flee from you. And doubt and unbelief is from the devil, right? So you have to resist doubt and resist unbelief. You have to get your mind on the Word of God. Um, Listen to this. You must eradicate. That's a fancy word. You must eradicate every image, every suggestion, every vision, every dream, every impression, every feeling, and every thought that does not support your faith and does not affirm what you've asked God for. Eradicate. What does that word mean? Completely demolish. Uproot. Totally remove. Alright? Satan moves in the sense realm... That's what we can see and what we can feel. He moves around in that realm. And he, he uses tools of suggestion. All right? And some people think that every single dream and vision and impression and feeling that they have is from God. They're trying to interpret every single dream they had. And that's just not true. And... Plus the fact, Satan can move around in the spiritual realm as well. Okay, he's a spirit being. And you've got to know which ones of your visions and dreams and impressions and suggestions is from God and which ones is from Satan. Okay, here's how you're going to do it. Y'all, you wanted me to tell you, right? Here's how you're going to do it. How are you going to know which dreams and which feelings and which thoughts and impressions are God's and which ones are Satan's? Here's how you do it. Every single image, every suggestion, every dream, every vision, every kind of impression that you have, every feeling, every thought, if it does not line up with the Word, here I go again. And that doesn't contribute to your believing what you've asked for, then that's from the devil. If that thought and feeling doesn't line up with the Word of God and it doesn't play a positive impact on what you've already 
ask for because you found a scripture and you were specific and you and you now you've asked God for it and now you're believing and now all of a sudden a vision comes or a thought comes you've already confirmed that you're asked for the right thing because you found a scripture and you ask God and you believe now here comes this thought if it doesn't add to what you've asked for it's not from God it's just that simple okay and what you have to do with that when that thought comes when that vision comes when that feeling comes you have to completely cast it down and eradicate it okay and replace it with the word of God if something whispers in your ear and you know it's not right, you say, no, the Word of God says, right? I want to read you 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. If you're obeying Christ, you're obeying the word. If you're obeying the word, you're obeying the will. You take every thought captive so that it obeys the word and the will, which is Jesus. All right? God's word already says you have the answer based on your prayer on the word and you believed it and you received it when you prayed, okay? When you believe you receive your answer before you see it manifested, you are appropriating God's word in faith. Do I need to say that again? When you believe that you received something but you hadn't seen it yet, it hasn't come to pass, but you're still believing and you're still that, that scripture that you're standing on is still there and you casting down every thought, but you still hadn't seen the answer. When you're still standing and believing, you are you're making the, that faith in you explode. Let me just say it that way. You are appropriating God's word by faith. You haven't seen anything happen yet, but you're appropriating the word that you are standing on by faith, okay? That kind of faith is what moves God. That, not weenie, you know, not weenie faith. I sure hope, maybe, if I do this and do that. No. Faith that stands and believes even when you haven't seen it yet, that gets God's attention, okay? And so a lot of times people say, they pray and they say, well, I feel like God heard me when I prayed. I feel like it. Do you think God heard you when you prayed? Well, I feel like he did. Well, the person that said that is already doomed. They just doomed their own prayer. Okay? Because you got to say, I know he heard me. I know you got to say, I believe I have my answer because, why? Because the Word says so. 
Not because anybody else says anything, because the Word says so. Not any kind of feeling. Y'all getting it? All right. God's Word is true no matter what we feel like. You get up one morning, you feel bad, and you don't feel like praying, you don't feel anything, feel, 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 feel. God's Word is still true, no matter how you feel. So stand your ground, okay, and refuse defeat. All right, so that was number three. Number three, what was it again? Be positive in your thinking. Number four, guard your mind. Guard against every evil thought that will come into your mind to try to make you doubt God's Word. Now, this is a little closely related to number three, positive thinking. But guarding your mind has more to do with how you should stay away from all the places and the things that don't support your confession that God has answered your prayers. All right? So your thoughts are affected by what you see, who you hang out with, what you're being taught. All of those things affect your thoughts. And so to guard your mind, to guard your mind against those things that are trying to, you know, that friend or that circumstance or that somebody, it means that sometimes you're going to have to stay away from that kind of thing. You're going to have to make a choice. Okay? It could be TV or the internet. It could be certain people, certain friends in your life that now you've got to stay away from them. All right? It could be certain churches. Oops. Oop. Always make sure to fellowship with people that add to your faith, not bring doubt and unbelief, okay? 2 Corinthians 10.5 Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And Philippians 4.8 you guys know this, Philippians 4, 8. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. The Bible tells us exactly what to think on. Right? Many people are thinking on the wrong things and they're like, I just don't know why I can't overcome this thing in my life. They're thinking on the wrong thing. If you guard against every evil thought and think only on the things that affirm what God has said and answers to your prayer, you'll be cooperating with God in faith. Okay? Just think on those things. Guard your mind. Don't let your mind wander. Too many people let their mind wander. 
while in the wandering, they've ended up over here in the dark, deepest pit of lies and untruth and doubt, okay? All right, we're talking about prayer. Y'all still with me? All right, number five. All right, so let's recap. We decided what we're going to pray on. We picked out a scripture that supports that, right? And then we ask God, and we believe what we've asked for. We believe it, really believe it. And then we, we have positive thinking about it, okay? Not thinking about what we see, but thinking about what God said, what the Word says. And now we're guarding our mind against any kind of evil influence, keeping our eyes covered to the things that might steer us in the wrong way, okay? That's where we are. Number five, meditate on God's promises. In other words, you must see yourself in possession of what you've asked for and then act and make plans as if it were already a reality, okay? Meditate on God's promises, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. It says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Oh my goodness. That's a whole message in that one verse right there. That, that is some more kind of verse. It says, my son, attend to my words. Okay, God will make his word good in your life if you act on his word. If it's healing that you need, for instance, God's word says himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. His word says with his stripes we're healed. If you don't see yourself healed, then the word has departed from your eyes. It says, attend to my words and let them not depart from your eyes. It's more than just attend to my words and just keep reading so that, you know, your eyes are looking at some words. It's more than that. Attend to my words so that what it says doesn't depart from your eyes, so you stop seeing what the Word says. Don't stop seeing what the Word says. Does that make sense? All right, now this is big right here. If you don't stand, if you do not stand on the Word, then God can't stand with you. Even if He wants to. Because the only way that God works is through his word i told you that was big if you're not standing on god's word god can't stand with you he wants to he can't help you that's big okay god only works and moves in line with his word he is not going to step outside the bounds of his word he has bound himself to his word. And he has magnified his word above his name. His word, 
I keep hollering about the word. Okay? If you stand by the word, God will stand by you. And he will make his word good in your life. Make good. You know what that means to make good on something? If I promise, Lord, if I'm going to give her $100 and I walk away, she knows that I'm going to make good on that. I'm not going to lie. If I said I was going to give it to her, I said I was going to give it to her. I'm going to make good on it. It's going to show up in her hand eventually. Does she see it yet? Is she holding it? Is it manifest in her hand yet? But she knows she's going to get it because I said it. I'm going to make good on it. Are y'all getting it? (laughs) All right. Many people pray and they pray and they pray, but they're not praying according to the Word. And John 15, 7, uh, 15 verse 7, it says, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. That's pretty blunt right there. Jesus didn't say in that verse, If you abide in me, you shall ask what you will. No, because that's where some people are. Well, I, I'm, I, I abide in Christ. That means I'm in Christ. I'm a Christian. And so I can just ask what I will. That's not what it says. It says, if you abide in, my, in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask what you, what you will and it will be done unto you. Don't leave out that middle part, Right? With God's Word abiding in us, we have a good foundation to stand on. Okay? Number six. Here comes number six. Continually thank God for the answer. Continually thank God for the answer. In your every waking moment, think on the greatness of God and His goodness And count your blessings. Alright? This will increase your faith. It will increase your faith. Lift your heart up to God and continually praise and glorify Him for what He's done and what He's doing right now when you pray. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Okay, that, that phrase, be careful for nothing, it means don't be anxious. The Amplified says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. It didn't have a maybe in there. It didn't have any clause that said, you know, if some certain circumstance, you know, well, you got permission to have some anxiety. No, it said, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. All right, listen to this. As long as you fret and have anxiety, all the praying and fasting in the world is not going to do you any good. As long as you're carrying that anxiety and fretfulness over, you're just focused on circumstances. 
And then the rest of that verse said, with thanksgiving, when you pray and make your request known to God, you must thank him for the answer. All right, when? When you pray. And then continually on. Did it say, thank him after you see what you prayed for come to pass? If I said, I'm going to give Lourdes $100, she'd say, thank you, before I ever gave it to her. Right? Then when I gave it to her, she'd really say, thank you. (laughs) Don't fret about anything. Anything means anything. Anything is anything. Don't fret. Don't be anxious about anything. All right? When you have a problem or a situation that seems impossible, you don't know how you're going to get past it, just say, all things are possible to him that believes. And I'm a believer. Hey! Okay? God's word is true. And you got to thank God for your answer before you see it come to pass. So when are you going to be thankful? You pray for something, you stand on the word, and you decide what you want to pray for, you're standing on the word, you ask him, you got positive thoughts, and, and you guard in your mind, and, and all whatever else I said, and now, right then, you're going to be thankful. All right? All right. Number seven. Make every prayer a statement of faith. All right, so we ain't praying in fear. We ain't praying in hope. We are praying in faith. Make every prayer a statement of faith. faith. Make every prayer that is relative to what you have asked a statement of faith and not a statement of unbelief. All right, so what that means is you can think and you can say words of faith just as easy as you can think and say words of doubt and unbelief. It don't take any more human effort to say words of faith than it does to say words of doubt? Does it exert any more physical effort to say words of faith than it does to say words of doubt? No. It takes the same effort, okay? It's thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words that leads the heart out of defeat and into victory. What did I say? Thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words will bring you to victory. All right? So a lot of times people undo their prayer. Uh Uh-oh. People all the time are undoing their prayer because they get over into worry and unbelief, and then their prayer turns into begging. Uh Uh-oh. Lord, please help me. Instead of believing, they turn to begging. And then their wheels are just spinning in prayer. Just wheels spinning, and nothing happens, and nothing's going to happen. Okay? You got to get in faith. You got to stay in faith, no matter what. You got to stay in faith. Stand your ground for as long as it takes. Patience is just long lasting faith. I've told you all that before. 
Patience is long-lasting faith. All right? Stay in the arena of faith. Brother Hagin used to say, stay in the arena of faith. All right? And when you pray for someone, pray in faith, and then stand on the word that you prayed. Don't keep praying the same thing over and over for somebody. Have you ever known somebody that comes to the altar and they every week they want to pray for the same thing? Okay? The word does not say pray and then if you don't see a result tomorrow, pray the same thing again. No! Stop that! It says pray and believe. All right? And then thank and praise until you see what you're believing for come to pass. And praise God for what he's doing while you're waiting. All right? Y'all got that right? Romans 12, 3 says this. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to according as God has dealt every man the measure of faith. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Every believer can receive answers to their prayers. All right? If you say you don't have enough faith, you are making God out to be a liar. Yikes. Okay? You don't want to do that, do you? You do have faith. You do have faith. And you have enough faith. Because everybody's got the same measure of faith. Faith just got to get stirred up. It's in there, just stir it up. Everybody that's saved has faith. But you got to think faith thoughts and speak faith words. And that's what leads to victory. Okay? You need to use the faith that you have in order for your faith to be effective. Stir it up. Okay? Y'all got it? All right. So look, follow these seven steps. I gave you seven steps. Now it might just feel like I just gave you seven steps, and that was a nice sermon. I'm telling you, if you will do those seven things when you pray, you will get the answer to what you prayed for every time. Y'all don't believe me, do you? It's hard to stand up here and say, you're going to get what you pray for every time. And you can't tell just anybody, you can get whatever you want in prayer, just pray. No, you got to do those things that I just gave you. You got to do them and you got to do them right and you got to do them all. That's the legal side of prayer. If you do these things, the legal part of prayer, the the life part is going to be good. Can you see that? Y'all think I'm crazy. <laughs> all right. Anybody have a question because I'm going to